Hello there, this is Fiona, host and main GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. This is actually a very special bonus episode, I guess. It's a Q&A to tie us over to the next one-shot. I'm going to answer some of the questions I've been receiving about this podcast and specifically about the first two games we've run. So I'm going to talk about Honey Heist and I'm going to talk about Tomb of Horrors. So hopefully you've listened to them before this episode. So first off, why did I start this podcast? I mean, there's always a good question to start off a Q&A. Um, I've got three reasons for this. Firstly, I work as a content developer in a university in London, and I mostly specialise in video production. So I work with the academics at the university to create video content for online resources. So it could be a talking head interview, it could be a voice of a PowerPoint, those sort of areas. One thing we don't really do, and I know it's an area that I'm certainly lacking in, is anything to do with audio production. And I think audio is a very valuable asset. I feel like it's very easy to record audio and to do something with it. Doing this podcast allows me to hone my skills with audio stuff and offer it as a sort of alternative to video. So that's sort of the main reason is to sort of improve my skills in audio editing and production and to showcase them in a very presentable way. So the second reason is I want to read more of my RPG books that I've bought over the years. I counted this morning, I had like over 30 rule books and one shots, guides and everything like that in a big pile by side my bed. With this podcast, I hope to actually read some of the stuff and actually create content for it. The third and probably more selfish um, reason for this podcast, more so than me reading my own books and improving my own skills, is actually to see my friends more. Being an adult, it's very hard to schedule anything with anyone. We're always busy, we're always doing stuff. Thankfully, a lot of my friends are really into RPGs and into board games and into trying something new. And the other sort of part to that is that I listen to a lot of podcasts, I watch a lot of uh, streams for RPGs, and I wanted to get across that you don't have to be a professional play these games. You don't have to be a voice actor. You don't have to be an improv comedian. It could be anyone. The people I'm friends with are much funnier than me, much more cleverer than me. I said much more cleverer. There you go. And always have a really unique way of solving problems. I wanted to encapsulate that within this podcast and share it with the world because, you know, these are the people who make me laugh. So, yeah, those are the most of my reasons improve my skills in audio production, read more RPG books, and to actually see my funny, clever, witty friends. So second question, why Honey Heist and Tomb of Horrors to begin with? So this is quite interesting. So when I first started putting this podcast together, I knew I always wanted to do Tomb of Horrors as one of the first episodes. Everyone knows how to play D&D, or at least knows someone who has played D&D, and everyone's heard of Tomb of Horrors. There's cultural references to it everywhere you look. It's definitely one of those module books that is iconic and what I realised though early on was that it is a massive undertaking, that whole adventure. So I thought what would be a better test episode would be something quick and easy to prepare for, like Honey Heist. So yeah, that was the main reason I thought Honey Heist would be really nice. And it's you know silly, it's fun, and it doesn't really mean much. Where Tomb of Horrors, um, people have heard of it. It was a bit more of a challenge in terms of production, but it was also enjoyable because then you got to know certain characters and then sort of bond with them over several episodes. Okay, next question. How much time does it take to set up a one-shot? It completely depends. <laughs> so with Honey Heist, I allowed myself about 30 minutes of planning. Again, it is a very easy rule set to learn, thanks to Grant Howitt's um, amazing writing. And all I knew with it, I wanted my characters to play the free bears. I knew that Goldilocks was going to be the villain. And I knew it was going to be set at the Natural History Museum. And that's pretty much it. 
And I think it worked out quite well. Obviously, I did struggle a little bit for certain details, but that's what's great about this one shot is that it's so open-ended. They could do literally anything with it. Tomb of Horrors, on the other hand, was uh, done over two weekends and it took several uh, rereads of the entire module and it's quite dense. If you've ever done a D&D module, you can't read it all at once. You have to read it over several times just to you know, make sure it all goes in because you've got a lot to think about. And even then, I still got stuff wrong and made things up on the spot, which is fine because I don't think anyone noticed apart from me. So that's all right. <laughs> Next question is, what has been your favourite moment of the one shot so far? Hmm. So in Honey Heist, what I really liked was uh, the way Sam became a bear backpack. I thought it was quite genius. <laughs> you can pretend to be a small child's backpack and then go from small child to small child all the way to Kensington from Wapping. If you've ever been in London, that's quite a trip. I think my other favourite moment from Honey Heist would be when they were like, we're just going to use the Goldilocks statue as a hostage. And there were some amazing roles for that where it worked and then it didn't work. I just thought that was just perfect. And the whole dynamics for Honey House actually worked out really well. And I really like that as a result. In Tomb of Horrors, uh, I, I've got a little story about Tomb of Horrors, which I, I think only I would find hilarious. As I said in the one shot, all the players had to create D&D versions of themselves as adventurers. And I was sat the day before rereading all the module stuff and getting it all ready. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they do need Lady Gwen to come and help them out. The storyline is that Lady Gwen, i.e. the D&D version of myself, wanted them to meet them at the tomb and then she'd never turn up. And I said to myself, you know what, I will create a character sheet just in case. And then we started playing and that first hour that in the corridor, I think I cut that down for about two hours. It got to the point where I was like, my God, they're never, they're never going to get through this dungeon. Sod it. Lady Gwen is going to have to come in. And so she did. And then she was just there for the rest of the story. And I didn't really know what to do because I hadn't really planned this. So I just thought I'd play myself to the nth degree. So I quite enjoyed um, Lady Gwen being a last minute replacement. Quest help. I quite like that. I think I might get a t-shirt with that on. So before I end this bonus episode, this final section is lovingly entitled Help, my fictional RPG character is having difficulties. I asked a friend of mine, who you might recognise, to send me in a sort of agony arc-like question about their fictional character in-game and see if I can answer some of the issues that they've been having. Let's see what we've got. Dear, what am I rolling? I have a gaudy cursed crown, which is unfortunately magically stuck to the top of my head. My wizard friend is working on finding a way to remove it, but in the meantime, I have a few questions. 1. The crown is a bit conspicuous and will no doubt raise some unwanted attention. How would you recommend disguising it when out in public? 2. Washing my hair has become very awkward. Do you have any suggestions? And 3. I worry that some of my friends and family have started believing I am wearing the crown by choice and not by curse. How can I best convince them that I'm not having some weird midlife regal ego crisis? Regards, not the rightful heir. Hmm, okay. I'll go to the first bit. How would I recommend disguising the crown in public? Well, you see, not the regal air. Crowns are very in at the moment. I'm sure you've seen the Met Gala pictures where I think it was Jessica Parker that had the weird crown and Rihanna had the weird crown as well. So I don't think there's a problem wearing a crown onto public now. It's very in. Otherwise, if you've got long enough hair, maybe backcombing it over the top, it still looks like a crown, but it looks like it's made out of your own hair. And that would look seriously cool. I'm sure you'd be the envy of hairdressers for days on end. Washing your hair. Well, actually, I do have a solution to this. It's called dry shampoo. It has saved me on many occasions. Or, extreme option perhaps, is to go bald. 
I mean, you don't see many bald people wearing crowns about. You could be like a real trendsetter, probably. And the final part, how can I convince them that I'm not having some weird midlife regal ego crisis? Frankly, not enough people wear crowns. You should be confident in whatever magical fashion choices you choose. As I said before, you could be a trendsetter. Maybe, maybe you don't need friends. Maybe you don't need family. If they're going to judge you from your crown wearing abilities, they're not real friends. They're not real family. Always wear a crown. I think that's the advice I'm getting you here. Crowns very in. Dry shampoo. You be you. I'm hoping to do more of these bonus episodes in the future, possibly after every two or three one-shots. If you've got any questions you'd like to send in, or if you have a submission for help my fictional RPG character is having difficulties, please send them along to our email address at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Great. See you next time.